What's new, Travis Thompson? I will tell you, Emily Thompson. <laughs> this, is, this is a weird week. We've got FWC commissioner meetings this week, the 6th and 7th in honor of my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Emily Marion. She's never going to hear this. It's okay. Is it weird that your my sister doesn't listen to our podcast? Absolutely not. If you know your sister, sh- sh- this is not in her wheelhouse. No. At all. No. Although her son, my nephew, Archer, told her recently that he wants to go camping and shoot a cow. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, I feel like that's on brand. Well, for, we for could, my nephew. We could definitely take him camping. Yeah, I don't know about the shooting a cow, but how is he five? Uh, f- yeah, he might be five. I think he's five. I can't keep track. There's so many of them. There are a lot of children over there, but I think he's five, and I think he might be. It might be time for him to shoot the little gun. See if he the likes BB it. Gun? Yeah, the BB gun, like go shoot a decoy or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we need to do that. We need to make that happen. Because we don't have a little one to take hunting these days. I know. That do you be- want? I absolutely do. We're not discussing this on the podcast, oh. but absolutely under no circumstances do I want a little one. Okay. What's new with you? Anyway, I was going to ask what's <laughs> new with you. Should we let the listeners vote on that? On whether we should have a baby? Yeah. No, I do not. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Do you have any idea? Literally any of the listeners who actually know me would vote no. Absolutely they would. <laughs> And also, every time we have ever talked about having a baby, what do you say to me? Only if you'll raise it and I can go live somewhere else. Yes, that's what you say to me every time we've ever <laughs> talked about it. Um, but if you, listener, have a baby, I will hold it for a minute because I do like babies. They're cute. For a minute. I just don't want one. For a minute. Yeah. Um, so commissioner meetings are this week, October 6th and 7th. There is nothing hunting related on the on the top, the agenda, but I would like to be there to make some comments. They're going to talk about the proposal to reopen Goliath Grouper. They're going to talk about redfish management. Um, so it's, it's going to be a good meeting. It's in St. Augustine. It's going to be near a bunch of our listeners. So if I make it up that way, and I say if I make it up that way, because we are having all sorts of car trouble, the Sequoia has just decided it hates us. Um. Yeah. Like it's just decided. So the four-wheel drive is out. We took it to a mechanic last week, left it for most of the week. They couldn't fix it. They're like, you're going to have to take it to a dealership and get the ECU, whatever that is. What do we think that stands for? Enterprise Computer Unit? Wow. That's an excellent guess. I will say I'll go with that. I'll yeah. co-sign it. And so the ECU, you need a new ECU or something. And so now they're putting an ECU in there, but maybe it's the actuator, but they won't know till the ECU gets in there. and then One of two and actuators. If it's the second actuator, then the transfer case also has to be changed yeah. out. We are basic. You and I are basically mechanics at this point with everything we know about four-wheel drive and the Sequoia. Is that true? <sighs> No, because if we were, we wouldn't be paying them thousands of dollars. That's true. So I'm a little up in the air on the commission meeting. We're going to try to work it out where I can borrow Emily's car and we can borrow a family car or something. And so anyway, um, commission meetings, October 6th and 7th. If you're in St. Augustine, maybe stop by. M, Hmm. what is new with you? Oh, well, some of our very kind listeners have left us a review on the Apple podcast how many? How many very kind Two listeners? new reviews. Okay. So we, we have 234 reviews, which is so awesome. Super awesome when you consider that we are a independent podcast. Mm-hmm. We're not part of a network. So we don't have like people funneling from one show to the other. Correct. That's a pretty cool number. Carry on. All right. So the first, um, what are these called? Reviews. Review. The first review is from Regulator795. That makes me think about that rap song that Warren Regulators. G. Regulators. Okay. Different. Not not the same. Not mount up. 
Is that a cartoon? <laughs> What's regulators mount up? I don't know. Seriously? I don't know. I just know it's a thing from the internet. It is a. It is from the rap song. Can you Google it? It's from the rap song. Mount up? I think it's mount up. All right. Well, I don't, y'all, I don't remember. Uh, you go ahead with the review. I'll, I will look it fast up. Fast forward. Oh, we could give an update on Green Mountain Girls. I just saw that we had that Would up Would you too. like to give that update while I'm looking regulators mount up? What is regulators mount up? Regulators. It is from the Warren G song. I told you. I know stuff. Okay. Um, that's embarrassing because I like brought it up first and then I didn't even know when you. Boom. Oh, that might be what I named my team at work. The regulators. I I just would like some credit. We have communications policies. I would like some credit for having nailed (laughs) what that was from. White boy, you get credit. Wow. Wow. So. All right, Regulator795 says, one of my favorite podcasts, five stars. I can't describe how difficult it was to figure out how to leave a review on Crapple Podcast as a dedicated Android user, except to say I had to call in a favor from Tim Cook. However, that is not Uncle Tim. That is Tim Cook from Apple. Hold on. Dude can call Tim Cook for a favor, but calls it Crapple? Like, is is he a frenemy of Tim Cook? Like, that he can call in a favor with Tim Cook, but... He calls it crapple. I think maybe they're close because you only pick on people that you love. Okay. Go ahead. Carry on. Uh, However, I am more than happy to go through that agony to help out this amazing group of people. This show is entertaining, informative, and helps break FUD hunter stereotype. And they follow their words with action. These people are definitely worth a listen, whether or not you live in Florida. Now to get this iTunes virus uninstalled from my PC. Wow. Thanks, Regulator 795. I feel like Regulator 795 might be Bill Gates. Oh, my God. What if it's Bill Gates and he left us a review? In fact, I'm saying that's who it was. It was Bill Gates. Bro. Listen, our Patreon link is in the The show show notes. notes. You can. can, uh, And honestly, we hate Apple, too. Like, we don't even use Apple products. If this is Bill Gates. If this is Bill Gates. If this is Tim Cook or like his brother or something. Then exclusively we use Apple products. Which is closer to the truth. In fact, it is the truth. It is. Anyway. Uh, the other new review is from S. Lynch 12. Okay. I know who this is. I uh, I hope that's like a last name and not a verb. Um, <laughs> Stephen Lynch is who this is. Okay. Is he a, is he in the pastorate? No, he's not in the... What, what? Is he in the clergy? No. Okay. <laughs> Why would you even ask that? Because I thought that was like a guy who was in the clergy that was our one nope. of our people. Nope. Stephen and his wife, Kirsten, uh-huh. got it right that time. And Carter, I think, is their son. Carter came on a duck hunt with us last week. Not a very good duck hunt, but he came on a duck hunt with us last oh, week. Oh, nice. It was duck season. Okay. So we got to figure out how to get Carter his first duck. Through, through the he can have of one of these hunt. we have on the wall. No, that's not what I meant. Okay. But you knew that's not what I meant. S. Lynch 12 says, awesome show, better people, five stars. Informative show, whether you're looking for answers on duck hunting, conservation in Florida, or Taylor Swift, this is your podcast. That's an excellent summary of us. Maybe one of the greatest reviews of all time. Yeah. Thanks for leaving reviews, guys. If you leave a review, we will read it on the show. Good, bad, come hell or high water. Uh, so please go to the Apple Podcast app and search for the Cast and Blast Florida podcast and then scroll down to reviews and then you'll be able to leave a review. We really, really love it. If you do that, it helps us out. Click five stars. Click whatever you want. Click five stars. Um, before we get into the main segment... Um, I should, we have to do two things. One. The Green Mountain Grill update. Well, three things then. Let's give them the Green Mountain Grill update. 
Because right the Green Mountain Grill has been out of commission since May 21st, before Memorial Day. Yep. It, minus, they sent a dude to our house. So they've replaced, I think, of the four components, I think they replaced all four. They sent a dude to our house, and if he fixed it. And it worked for, what, like four days, mm -hmm. five days? And we ate off of it every day, and it was glorious. It and was. We were back. And then it broke again. Yep. Stopped. It, it would just drop temperature. Like you'd have it at 375 degrees. You'd go out there and 10 minutes later, it'd be at 350 and kept dropping. And so they sent the guy back out again, yep. like six weeks later. And the guy came out here and was able to recreate the problem. He's like, it, I've never seen this happen before. It's not in your head. This is bad. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've never, I don't know what to do. He We're said he was going to replace the thing that he replaced last time again. Well, it wasn't him that replaced it. It had been the replaced though, but. And we were like, no, thanks. Yeah. So <laughs> would you like to give the glorious update? Yeah. So we basically said like, we just want a grill that works. So please give us money so we can go buy a grill that works or just replace the grill. We really don't care. It's just like very important when you have a 15 year old boy who likes pulled pork that you, you, you have a grill that's working. So and I eat meat a lot. Really? Yes. That is a revelation. I think to everyone who listens shut to the podcast, up. <laughs> just shut up and keep it clean. <laughs> no, that's what she said. Jokes. That's not what I was thinking at all. It's just like, obviously you're a carnivore. Oh, sorry. Cause you, Dang it. you I, shoot I animals. <laughs> Go ahead and give them the update on the green mountain grill. You're not having a day. <laughs> uh, so finally, so I started hounding green mountain grill. I outsourced it to myself from Travis. Travis is too nice in some of these situations. Anyways, the guy finally called us back tonight and he was not pleased to speak with me. I'll tell you, but he, he called you left a message. <laughs> yeah. And Travis being the feminist, in case y'all didn't know this, I'm a feminist. I was yes, like, as is. soon as she left it, I was like, that dude's going to call me instead of you watch. He's going to circumvent you. And he did. And what did I do? He handed me the phone. <laughs> Anywho. So I said, Mark, thanks so much for calling us back. Oh, I probably shouldn't say his name. It doesn't matter at this point. Anyways, Mark, thanks for calling us back. Cause he was like, look, call the place where you bought it. I've set it up with the owner. You're going to be given a brand new model of your grill. Upgraded. Upgraded. Um, we'll give it to you in a box or we'll give you one, put it together or whatever. Just call him and, and you'll be able to get it. So we're super excited. We'll let you know. So hopefully next week we'll have a grill up like a grilled food update. Yeah. Cause we have two giant pork butts in the freezer that we have got to cook. We have four giant pork butts in the freezer. Oh my gosh. Are you going to mention my lamps that I mounted today? Oh my gosh, you guys. Have we talked about anything hunting? We did. We talked about the FWCB. We're getting there. So we're getting, we're going to talk about duck stamps in a second. Your boy, Travis is really funny about a couple of things in a house, lighting and candles. <laughs> Those are both true. Um, so Travis bought, I actually bought some swing arm lamps to like mount on the wall for our bedroom and mounted them on either side of our bed. Over and so now like our bedside tables have so much room on them cause there's not a lamp sitting there and it's just really convenient for like reading and stuff like that. And he really liked them. So he wanted to buy some for his office and we did need some lighting in here. So he bought swing arm lamps and I was like, now another thing you have to know about me and Travis is that. The gender roles are just reversed in our relationship. Not all of them, but a lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah, that's true. Not all of them. And I still like super respect him as like the husband role. And I try to like tap into my feminine energy because I don't like when things are super squirrely reversed. But when it comes to DIY slash anything with a screwdriver, I'm your guy. Yeah. Including like mechanical stuff. 
Yeah. Including mechanical stuff. Or, where, as Travis, literally this week got stains out of two of my shirts that yes. I couldn't wear anymore. That's true. <laughs> and he cooked us dinner tonight. So it's just like there's some things that like we know dinner each other. that you said like, tasted like <laughs> toilet water. She said the salmon marinade that I slaved over tasted like toilet water. And you know what? It did. It really did. It was bad. And I felt badly for saying it that way. Yeah, it was. But harsh. it was it was a harsh truth. <laughs> <laughs> it was maybe a bit harsh. And then your you face, did. I couldn't tell what happened to your face after I said that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Are you upset? Did that hurt your feelings or are you laughing? And I was laughing. And I was, really couldn't tell. It was hilarious. Anyway, back to the lamps. I'm sorry. So I was like, look, baby, I know you want these lamps up, but let, let's do it one night after work. I will come home and help you mount the lamps because I had already done it one time. I was like, it'll take 10 minutes if you let me help Piece you. Piece of cake. So I, after we cleaned up the toilet salmon, we came back to the studio to record and I walk in here and Travis is like strutting. He's like waiting for me to come in and he turns around and looks at my face because he has mounted the swing arm lamps while I'm at work. They're so crooked. Y'all, it's like you're skiing. I thought you I walked into, into a fun house because they're so crooked and everything else isn't in here. How are they that crooked? I measured them with the level. Y'all, he didn't hold the level parallel to the wall he held it 90 degrees out he put the butt of the level over the top it was of the, the big level though it wouldn't have fit it was a way. four foot level because you you had no patience and you wouldn't let me you should have called me we have a five inch level <laughs> oh my god you got literally the bubble is not even between the lines you guys they are that look i'm gonna put a picture on either of them listen it's not between the lines on either of them listen Cast and Blast Florida dash the group on Facebook. If Facebook's back up, never forget. Okay. 10-4-2021. Today was a day. Facebook had a day. All that to say, I will put pictures of this on that Facebook group and we'll post pictures of our new Green Mountain Girl when we get it and like give you guys updates on that. But if you listen to the show and you're not on Cast, Cast Ampersand Florida, the group. Cast and Blast. Yeah, whatever it is. Dash the group. Go find the group. Answer the questions to get admitted because it's the most fun place on the internet, and that's where you get to see like. And we won't let you pictures. in if you don't answer the questions. We won't. There's that's like a, a there's like 14 people that haven't been admitted. Yeah, we won't they, let them in because <laughs> they haven't answered the questions. Um. Anyway, it's really the only group I'm still allowed to be in on Facebook. I'm sorry that the lamps are crooked, Emily. I apologize for that. that you don't have to apologize to me. I, I mean, know. it's just sad. It's kind of it, sad it's looking. Sad how bad I am at that. Um, and I didn't notice until you noticed, which was the other kind of bad thing. The thing I wanted to say is normally there's another voice with us, Nate. Oh, Nate. But I miss him. We, we backed Nate into a corner on time this week and he was up against the wall and he's got some other stuff going on. And so there's no Nate tonight. Anyway, we today, miss, whenever you're listening you, to this, but pretend that there's another voice here. That's like a voice of wisdom. That's like calm and like he's has, the into our yang. Yeah. Like it's not crazy. Um, that was one thing. The other thing is, before we get into our main segment, we have segment. We have to tell you about one of our very good friends, Fletcher Hallett, Hallett Insurance, 904-315-5812. Wow, I've said that so many times. It's like, have you ever seen the 888-5800 Empire? 800-588-2300 Empire. That's kind of how I feel about the Fletcher Hallett number in my head right now. Yeah. Anyway. I should have written a jingle like that for him. F Hallett at HallettInns.com. Give him a call. Get your insurance policy reviewed. Get get your boat policy updated. I know everyone's out buying new trucks and new boats because I'm keeping how? the economy, I'm keeping the economy afloat right now by doing repairs on all of our stuff. Literally, how are you buying a truck right now? It's insane. Oh my god, the inflation! It's insane. Like because we looked at them, guys. Well, we didn't actually seriously look at them. 
I just happened to be at the dealership and I walked out to the parking lot to get in your mom's car who was picking me up. That was not a, your mom joke. Your mom literally was picking me up. <laughs> and there was, they only had three full-size trucks on the Toyota dealership lot. And only one of them was a crew cab and only one of them was four wheel drive. And it was 60,000. What did what, it was? 60,000 $60, And it, we were supposed to add five to it. I think. Yeah. It had a $5,000 market adjustment up. Yeah. That's insanity. $65,000. That's for a, a truck. house. That's a, that's a, anyway. I would rather I poop in this chair and clean it up than ever pay that much money for would a you vehicle. Rather, would you rather eat another bite of that salmon that I made for dinner? I would fish it out of the trash can that's, and that's snort it. graphic and uncalled for. Really. Anyway, has nothing to do with Fletcher Hallett. Oh. But please give Fletcher Hallett a call for insurance. 904-315-5812. He's in St. Augustine. I may see him this week if I can somehow finagle a car to be at the commission meetings. Emily, how would they know how to spell Hallett if they wanted to send them an email at fhallett at hallettins.com? Double the L's and double the T's. Hallett for all your insurance needs. Yeah. Boom. I did that the, was yeah. incredible. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I feel like I projected a lot on that one. You may have to adjust the audio. Sorry, I, everyone. I'm not adjusting the audio on this. Okay. We, we are recording this literally like three hours before I press Moments. Publish. Yeah, this is... Every week I say we're closer to live than we've ever been. <laughs> At some point we're going to be doing these live. That's how that's how close we're getting. Oh, I'm excited about that. We've done them live before, you know, right? That's what the live shows were. Those don't count. Okay. What we are talking about on this episode, which has taken us 17 minutes to get to. Oh my gosh. We're chatty. Is, um, do you, so was it last, two weeks ago, I think they did the duck stamp contest, the federal duck stamp contest. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, I'll try to put a link to Rebecca Knight's interview in our, in our show notes because we interviewed Rebecca Knight about a year and a half ago, I think about how the duck stamp contest works. She's a very renowned waterfowl artist. She won the junior duck stamp contest. And I'll put a link to another episode where we interviewed John Harris, who's a Florida waterfowl artist. He won the Louisiana duck stamp this year. Uh, and John came on our hunt last Sunday. No kidding. Yeah. That's why I have these prints. He gave me these prints. That's the Louisiana duck stamp. Right oh there. my gosh. That's so neat. So excited. So anyway, um, we've done some talking about the duck stamp in the past. The first time with Rebecca, we talked about her process as an artist, but also the, the duck stamp contest. The second time with John, we talked about the uh, requirement that you had to add a hunting element to the, to the painting. And there was some controversy around that tonight. Today we are talking about John Oliver. Yes. So he has the show, um, this last week tonight, I think is what it's called last week tonight. LWT. Yeah. Um, and hilarious comedian, John Oliver, better known at our house as the professor Ian Duncan from community. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that until you just connected that. That's the only way I knew him for like Thank years you. and years and years. He's professor. Oh Ian my Duncan gosh. From I community. quote him in my head a lot. I quote him too. By the way, all you people that watch the office parks and rec, all that stuff. You're sleeping on the first two seasons of Community. Yeah, don't go past that. But don't go past uh, that. Some of season three is no, pretty good. Don't go though. past that. Yeah. It's really weird. But the first two seasons of Community, pretty funny TV show. I'm not gonna lie. Yep. Pretty funny TV show. Anyway, Professor Ian Duncan from Community, John Oliver. So he did. What would you call that? A segment. Yeah, it was a it was a long segment, a 12 minute segment on duck stamps on his show, and they really deep dived into. 
the history of duck stamps, um, how hunters pay for conservation and how that funding has grown over time because people start collecting them. Um, and then how the duck stamp contests work. And then he himself and his team commissioned five different duck paintings to be submitted to the duck stamp contest. Would you like to describe those paintings really quick for those that now, haven't seen them? Of course, because it's John Oliver. They are... Redonkulous. They are... How would you even categorize this? Because it is an art, but it's funny art. It's satirical. Yeah, they're satirical paintings. And some some are like very specific to like duck painting feuds of different artists that have like, they really knew their stuff. Like whoever got into this is obviously a duck hunter. Oh, not a duck hunter at all. I just think they were researching. I think it. they were duck hunters. Because um, John Oliver is notedly anti-hunting, anti, he's anti-gun, anti-hunting. Is he? Yes. But- we're going to set that aside for a second and keep having this conversation. Yeah. So anyways, like one of the p paintings, for example, had a beautiful duck in the foreground, but the background of it was like the duck hunting Nintendo game with, with the, the dog, with a dog holding up a duck by its neck. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, one was like a, a duck shooting a hunter, a duck aiming a gun at a hunter, aiming a gun at a duck. So it was like meta. Yeah. Some several like that. One was the Vermeer. With the girl with the pearl yeah, necklace. Yeah, they remade that human painting into with a duck. A duck. Um, one was, as she mentioned, they, they do a little bit of a deep dive into a feud where there's a an actual waterfowl artist and a guy that makes fun of waterfowl artists that have a feud. I don't really know that that's a two-way feud, but they did a redhead holding his wings around them, holding them together. And then they did uh, ducks judging the duck stamp contest. I think those are the five. Oh, that was my favorite one. The that ducks judging the duck stamp contest. Anyway, so he had these paintings done. He had them commissioned. And then after they put together a website. Yeah, the, none of their paintings obviously made it. So, but he still, for whatever reason, was trying to, I don't know. I guess he wanted to donate money to the duck stamp program because of how tied it is to conservation. So they opened up a website. What was it called? Bestduckingstamp.com. Yep. And they auctioned off the paintings. So, and we did quick math on the back of a napkin. It looked like it was right at a hundred thousand dollars, maybe a hair of like a hundred. Yeah. Total for all five paintings that, that they made for all five. And so they're donating that money to the federal duck stamp program. Mm -hmm. So what did you think of this? I want to get your reaction. what did you think of this? And then I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. I'm almost scared to say, cause I know that you didn't care for it. I don't know why yet, but uh, like, why do you think I didn't care for it? Just my tone? Yeah. Okay. I kind of like, to me, I don't think there's any such thing as like bad. Well, that's not true. I don't feel like this was bad press for hunters. And I love that the money ended up going back to the program in the end. Um, I think he had kind of a valid opinion on like, why does the duck stamp have to incorporate um, hunting, a hunting element? I think that's a valid opinion. Ducks don't belong to just hunters. Uh, that that opinion I think is shared. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I want to say both John and Rebecca agreed with that. Yeah, they didn't mind sometimes adding the hunting element, but they they prefer artistic freedom. Right. So there's nothing to limit. Ooh, how can we stay out of politics and say this? Mandating it is it's in there seems like a pro hunter stance. So then mandating that it doesn't have to be in there seems like an anti hunting stance. Mm -hmm. But that's not really true. As an artist most of the artists I know wanted the artistic freedom to be able to include it when they wanted or 
leave Exclude it out. Exclude it. Yeah. Like, yeah. they want to paint the painting. They don't want it to put a floating duck call or a shotgun shell. But then, like, the que- next question in my mind is, if it's not required, but someone feels moved to include it, if the judges are anti-hunting, that's not they're not going to make it to the... You know what I'm saying? By like, by just forcing it to be included, it took out the opportunity for it to be discriminatory towards hunters. Right. Which isn't, you know, I guess one way to do it. So, um, so I didn't hate it. I like, I I watched the video. I thought it was funny. I did not think he was disparaging. I, I think maybe there was one or two snide remarks about hunters, but nothing that I would call disparaging. Um, I thought he did a really good job of explaining the history of the program and, I, I really didn't have a problem with it. I, I kind of thought it was funny. So a couple of things. Um, I liked it too. I thought it was funny and I laughed at it. Okay. And I thought the, the, the pictures were brilliantly funny. They were. Um, but I do have, I do have a few issues with it cause you know me and you know, I'm going to, right? Yeah. Um, the first issue I took with it a little bit was yes, it's good natured and fun and we like to have fun, right? But I also think this is a lot of people take this contest very seriously. It's a it's a it's a thing where I have seen people like the Hopman brothers or, or or Rebecca or John or whoever, like they pour their heart and soul into their paintings that they do for that. And so I don't know, part of it felt a little bit to me like yes, I get not taking it seriously, but also they're one of the last vestiges of fine art that's still relevant in this country. Wow, that's a that's a bold statement. Fine art being like your classic painting that you hang in your living room, or I'm not talking like art as a whole. I'm not talking art like music art. Maybe you might like. want to restate that then, because saying that duck stamps are one of the last vestiges of fine art in the country is like, well, no, it's that it, seems very limit. Like, like you don't. It's when I'm talking about fine art, I'm talking like sculptures, paintings, things like that. That has fallen off precipitously in the last twenty years. Like across the board, I'm not talking about ducks. I'm talking like in general is falling off precipitously in the last 20 years. Like the sales for that, it's just, it's it's gone way, way down. I didn't know you followed art so closely. I did through this process. I actually learned that in conversations in the past year with duck stamp artists. Huh, okay. Um, but used to, it, it was a lot more common to buy expensive art for your house. Now anyone can buy prints pretty much on demand. Like you can get cheap art that looks good in your house fast yeah like not to not to torpedo that but like we are very comfortable i feel like like we're i think we're definitely above the median and like we can't afford to buy real art no it's i mean so like like, how do you even do that anymore like i want an original blair updike painting so bad what is it three thousand dollars four thousand dollars yeah like i can't do that that's that's what i'm talking about like fine art when i'm saying that yeah i'm saying that market has really but also have they like priced themselves out of the market anyway or has graphic design the ability to just sit down at a computer and whip something up really quick and that's not to marginalize those artists either right but has that kind of rendered them not obsolete but very niche oriented yeah so i had a little bit of a of an issue with that because it took a a poke at the artists that I think are a dying breed. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that as a kind of kindred thing as a duck hunter, that's part of a dying breed. The other, the other thing that I, I took a little bit of unbridge with, it was not major, but there was a slight um, kind of a diss towards duck hunters in that they're not all, all these stamps are not bought by duck hunters. A lot of them are bought by collectors. Mm-hmm. 
So um, the largest duck hunt, the largest duck stamp collecting group on Facebook has 347 members. Okay. <laughs> um, last year, the podcast community bought 52 or 54 stamps for us to give away to teachers. Mm-hmm. Those were all bought by hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a small scale. I don't remember what the hunting public or Sam Soholt uh, public land tees or what I, f- I forget his name of his company, but I'm going to guess, I will bet you they raised a hundred thousand dollars to buy duck stamps. So was that 4,000 duck stamps they bought? That's a significant number bought by hunters just to buy. So I, I think it's a little bit arbitrary to say, Oh, roughly half of them were bought by hunters because we know through the licensing data, there's only 800,000, 900,000 duck hunters in the United States. Mm-hmm. So the remainder were all bought by collectors. So the the assumption or the fallacy is that it's a one-to-one ratio between a hunter and a duck stamp. Correct. And and that's, that's how it was kind of painted. Well, right. we need more collectors to be buying these stamps. So we're going to we're going to take out the hunting element, which I'm fine with taking out the hunting element. Right. But I don't think hunter collectors are going to flock to these stamps just because you took the hunting element out because I, I don't think collectors are the ones buying all the stamps. I think it's more hunters. My dad bought me a stamp and my sister a stamp every year until we moved out of the house. Yeah. Like I bought Will a stamp the last three years mm-hmm. and he's not required to have it. So, so I'm saying it's, I don't think it's as easy to explain away as saying, oh, there's a ton of collectors out there. There are a ton of collectors. I'm not marginalizing that. <laughs> I don't think there's as many collectors as there are duck hunters. You'd have to like, wow, you could actually figure it out. I don't know that you could, cause I don't know how you could quantify or qualify. It's how the, many. It's the same way they're figuring out. Um, like when you buy it, they're correlating it because you also bought a hunting license. They're correlating it because you fill out what's called your HIP data, which is your migratory bird permit on uh, the stamp. Uh. So every time you buy a license, and I buy your license, but when you buy the license, there's a little survey you take. How many ducks did you kill? How many coots did you kill? How many gallinules did you kill? Did you hunt rails and moorhens? Or something like that. And so you check that off, and that provides what's called HIP data, Hunter Information Program. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a little free migratory bird permit on your, on your license. And they basically correlate that to your duck stamp. So there were this many hip purchasers and there were this many duck stamps purchased. But but we have the data for people who bought duck stamps and we have the data for people who have hunting licenses. No, because you can go to the post office right now, mm-hmm. tomorrow, you already have a duck stamp. You can go to the post office tomorrow, throw $25 down and walk out with a mm. duck stamp with no hip tied to it. It's only right, for but hunters you that you would have it tied. You don't need the hip data, you need a name. <laughs> And the last four digits of a credit card. But you don't you don't do a name at the post office. Like, right. Like right. I walked in last year because people gave us all that but money. But they have your name. They do have my name. But I walked in last year because people gave us all that money and bought all those duck stamps. Yeah. But they didn't tie them to my name in any way, shape, right. or form. Dang, that sucks. Yeah, it super sucks because you couldn't. I, I think there's a there's an easy, even in the hunting community, I think sometimes people are like, oh yeah, but there's a lot of collectors out there. I think that's true. I know three stamp collectors. I know one that is a duck stamp collector and she's a hunter as well. Mm. So I just, I don't buy that there's that many stamp collectors out there okay. buying that I, I agree with you. Here's the other, and this is the biggie. They raised $100,000 for ducks, the duck stamp program. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means to John Oliver. I'm guessing that means he's donating that money to the Fish and Wildlife Service to use similar to duck stamp funds that were raised. So essentially like they sold 4,000 duck stamps. My question is, does that undermine the duck stamp itself a little bit? So one of the principles of the North American model, which we've talked about before, 
is that, or it's not really a principle. It's a way the model works though. Hunting funds conservation. And we know that's not true the same way it used to be in Florida. Hunting license sales make up about 6% of FWC's budget. Whereas Tennessee, I think it's about 60%. Mississippi, it's about 80%. So in Mississippi, hunters have a much stronger voice, even though there's way, there's not that many of them and there's not that many people in Mississippi, they have a way stronger voice because the funds they generate are used for conservation funding in that state. Right. Is this an opportunity? Great. We want the money. We'll take the money. I'm saying that all day long. I'll take that money. hundred grand. Let's, let's get it loaded up. We need it. But at the same time, Shane Mahoney, one of the guys that wrote the North American model has said many times, the thing that differentiates us is the funding mechanism. And so when you start to share that, we've seen it in Florida because now FWC is paid in large part by trust funds, by uh, dock stamps, sale of houses, by excise taxes on, on uh, gas. So we've kind of diminished hunting as a funding mechanism which diminishes kind of your need for hunting. And I'm not saying that from a fear of hunting going away because I believe there's always going to be private hunting, but it does at some point make you weigh the question out. And this is a heavy question. Do you need hunting as a revenue stream? I don't know that we do anymore. So, so then you, you lose your place as a stakeholder essentially. So I'm thrilled that John Oliver did this, but if next year he comes back and does it again and raises 250,000 and CNN picks it up and does a, thing similar and I don't know Ellen picks it up and does a thing similar how long does it take before you could undermine the funding mechanism that Mahoney talks about that sets our model differently than everyone else's that's a great question that is my only reservation and I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth yeah I'm saying I welcome this you almost said there's no such thing as bad PR yeah I, I, t- I didn't you. say it, but I almost said last it. week tonight spent 12 minutes talking about waterfowl hunting, right? That's not a bad thing. It's a funny segment. We know John Oliver's politics. So you kind of take it with a grain of salt a little bit, but it was still enjoyable as a duck hunter to be relevant for just a minute on yeah. his show and his program. So I don't want to undermine all that, but I do just have a few little concerns that I think we would be naive if we didn't acknowledge I'm not saying we got to go burn it down, boycott it. Don't share it. I've shared it. I think it's, I think it's a hilarious skit, but I do think it's a thing we got to be aware of. Yeah. I think it's also like a little bit of a challenge too of like, Hey, if this guy can generate funds towards this thing we care about, like why, how can we also creatively do that, but still be represented? Like how do we tie it to the duck hunting community raising that kind of money versus John Oliver <laughs> or, or the other side of this too. And I had, I have no idea. I would think Renell is the only person that could pull this off. How could you get John Oliver to come duck hunting? Like, could we flip him on it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, there's, you know, I'm a game theory guy. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, a finite number of strategies that come out of the moves that were made with this program. Yep. And I think there's only like five or six of them. That would be like the winning strategy. The non-dominant strategy, non-dominated strategy would be to get John, Dol- John Oliver on a duck hunt <laughs> because then you could start to move some stuff around. Maybe Ranella will listen to this and, and get to work on that. You think? Yeah, I'm sure he's just looking for an assignment. All right. I felt like it was a, it was a well-done segment, though. Yeah. I did not like the little feudy thing between the two artists, but it was funny, and I, I get that it was a vehicle to tell the story. Yeah. So totally, totally, totally understand that. And I am interested. I'm going to try to reach out this week um, 
to both Rebecca and John. Those are the two duct stamp artists I know. I'm going to try to reach out to both of them and, and see where they, they took on it because I'm sure by now they've had time to watch last week tonight and get their, their read on it. And if you haven't seen it, I will put a link to the YouTube clip of it or whatever in the show notes so that you can click on it and watch it. Yep, it's worth a watch. Anything else we need to touch on? You've hammered me on lamps. You've hammered me <laughs> on, on toilet bowl salmon. You've hammered me on... Um, well, you didn't hammer me on my four-wheel drive, but you could have... Anyway, is there anything else that we need to touch on? I don't on feel here? like I hammered you. Toilet, you said that the salmon I prepared for dinner that I <laughs> that I spent reducing the the marinade for almost an hour. You Tell them what was in the marinade. Red wine vinegar, maple syrup. Paul Jensen, listener of the show, friend of the show. Paul Jensen gave us some honey. There was honey in it. Maple syrup, uh buffalo trace bourbon, mm-hmm. red wine vinegar, some brown sugar. A bloop of olive oil mm-hmm. just to mix it. And it's the same marinade that I've made a billion times that you've liked. It just something was off. But I Can think my ratios were off. Also clarify that you didn't like it either. I didn't. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't very good. Okay. So <laughs> the only thing I liked was the red pepper flakes and like the sweetness. But there was no flavor to it. No, it it I didn't think it tasted like toilet water. I just thought it was bland. Okay. That's more of what I thought. Oh, we would be remiss if we didn't offer one final congratulations to the newly wedded Huffs. Oh, yeah. Our friends Harry and Marissa. Uh, we went to their wedding this past weekend, and it was very fun. If we're doing congratulations, we should also congratulate. It's been almost two weeks now, but AJ Stevens has a has a brand new little baby at home. Just a little nugget. So we love seeing that stuff, sharing it with our community. Bring me your baby so I can hold it for five minutes. And then give it back to you screaming. Yep. And then she will say, I don't ever want to have kids. Yep. All right. Hopefully, well, next week, we know Nate will be out next week. Nate's going to miss two weeks in a row. We're pretty sure Nate will be out next week. Are oh, we yeah. Sure? No, yeah. Let's call it. He could record later this week, but later this week, I'm going to be at the commission meeting, so I can't record. So anyway, not necessarily his fault. Again, scheduling is dependent on the guy that has the recording button. <laughs> so we can't always blame Nate, although it's fun to pick on Nate about stuff. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, please, if you've never left us a review, leave us a review. Make sure you check out our Facebook group. If you ever want to support the show financially, you can always give us money at Patreon. That's a monthly commitment. Three, <laughs> give us money. $3 to eight, between $3 a month, $8 a month. You can commit more if you want to. That really does substantially help us out because it does cost some money to put this together every week between equipment and hosting and everything else that we do. Beyond that, we thank you so much for giving us a listen and... Stay woke.